Okay, warriors, you are listening to Unqualified Therapists. Remember, stay wild and weird. Hey, warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We are the hosts of The Unqualified Therapist. We are not here to give you advice. We are here to tell you our stories, share your stories, and bring on the professionals from time to time. Mental health is complicated, and we know that from our personal experience. We believe in professional therapy. Both Sarah and I use that on our own healing journeys. But we also know it isn't one size fits all. The stigma surrounding mental illness can make us feel alone. We are not alone. You are not alone. And you're listening to The Unqualified Therapist Zinc. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Unqualified Therapist. Insert sound here. <laughs> maybe people can send us, like, um, sounds. Or maybe I just need to give it up. Maybe you can give it up, or we can ask Avery, and Avery would just be like, poop. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the sounds might be making a um, obituary of their own. Yes. <laughs> Bye-bye, sounds. It's been nice knowing you. R.I.P. Um, maybe you can come up with a new song or jingle to sing afterwards. Oh, I'm my just gosh. Kidding. Yes. You don't, don't Don't challenge me. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us again. We are so excited about the guests we have to share with you today. We had such a good time talking with her, and I walked away knowing a lot of new things. Like, mind blown. Total, Total mind blown. blown. Um, lots and lots of good information on breath work, journaling, and then she really put me in my place with social media. So, <laughs> Eek. oh, same, same, same. And everything you think you know about the law of attraction, yes. she kind of explains it in such a different way. I mean, I've been looking at the law of attraction for probably 15 years. Whenever The Secret came out, I read it right away. I have been trying to implement manifestation and knowing, like thinking differently about things, but I never truly knew how to actually do that. But Leah, Miss Leah Party, who joins us today, really made it click something for me clicked and hopefully that'll happen for we you both had these like light bulb aha as soon as she said that one yeah. thing and we were like that's incredible so we hope that you also have that light bulb moment and you know get something and you know every time you hear information right none of this information is new but new people sharing it and presenting it in different ways can help things be more understanding for you depending upon the way they explain it yeah, and if you are a Patreon, you can watch us have our light bulb moments and see the freaking wheels turning for both me and Amy. Straight unedited. Watch the episode. <laughs> yes, straight unedited. This is up on our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash unqualified therapists, Inc. And that link is also on our website, which is unqualifiedtherapists.com and also in our uh, link tree, which is on our Instagram page. And just another, you know, lovely reminder, if you are loving this podcast, please rate, review, follow and share with someone. It really does help us to keep the mics on. Yes. Click that subscribe or follow button, please. please. <laughs> All right. We hope you enjoy. All right, friends, we are in the studio with Leah Party today, and we are so excited. She already is giving me lovely vibes, and so I think this is going to be such a great conversation. Uh, Leah is the author of Confessions of an Uncaged Soul. She also has her own podcast called the Bare Naked Soul Podcast. She specializes in breathwork and energetic alignment amongst so many other things we couldn't even decide what to talk to her about so <laughs> we may be talking for a little bit about all of the things with Leah um, but welcome thank you so much for joining us today 
Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited. So many fun things to chat about. I know, I know. When we started looking at the list of things that we could talk about with you, I was like, oh, how do we I was even like decide? this and this and this and this? So <laughs> all of it. Yes. Um, let's start with your who are you, your story. How did you get here? It all kind of started when I was working in sales. So after college, I got a job in sales. I was really, really into the hustle thing, you know? Um, I was really, really into like, I wanted to climb the corporate ladder. I like got my MBA on the side while working full time. I was just like going and going and going. Um, and I was, you know, experiencing a lot of burnout, experiencing a lot of stress and anxiety, but I didn't really realize that it was a problem because I literally thought this is how everyone feels. Everyone feels this way. You know, so there's nothing I can do if this, if I want to be successful, that goes hand in hand with being a stressed out ball of anxiety. So I was living like that, you know, kind of just not realizing it was an issue that I could deal with or not realizing that I had any choice in the matter. And I was reading a lot of mindset things. I was studying, you know, how to become successful in all these different ways. And that journey led me into starting to read more spiritual texts, which led me to the law of attraction and kind of this whole idea that we have a lot more power over our lives than we think. And that the way we think influences everything and our perspective influences everything. So I started really diving into all of that and, um, started a blog around that time to share what I was learning. And one of the first things that I really did on that journey was starting to meditate and journal every single day. And at the time I was working probably like 50, 60 hours a week. So I wasn't like, you know, I think people now they see me um, doing like all these self-care things and they're like, well, you have the time, but I didn't always have the time. So at that point period of my life, it really looked like waking up early, which was earlier, which was like five or five thirty in the morning, doing five minutes of meditation and maybe journaling for 10 minutes, you know? So I started off really, really small with those things. And then eventually I started meditating for five minutes before bed also. And very, very, very quickly, my life started to change a lot. Um, the way that I saw the world started to shift, my perspective started to shift. I started experiencing a lot less anxiety. I was like, man, I, why don't people know about this? Like, why is this not, you know, a thing that everyone knows about and talks about? And so, yeah, I just kind of continued that journey. I found breath work and really just started teaching meditation and then eventually started teaching breath work and just really went on a mission to change the way that people live their lives. And, um, yeah, I want these things to be, you know, things that everybody knows about as a tool and a resource and, and, and that is normalized. So yeah, then I became a life coach. Then I started my podcast and eventually quit my corporate job and started hosting retreats and doing all the things I do now, wrote my book. Um, but it's just been several years of really being intentional about changing my life to be happier and less stressed and more in flow and more at ease and more doing what I love and less doing what I don't love. And that's led me here today. It's once you see, see it, you can't unsee it. Isn't that how it feels? <laughs> Absolutely. And yes. then it's just about lining your life up to that place. My goodness. Yeah. Sarah and I feel you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> For sure. What an amazing story. Thank you. It, it has to be frustrating too, as you're saying, like, why don't people know about this and talk about yeah. it? Like that it's, it's frustrating because you do tell people and, and people respond with what, like what you said, like, well, I don't have the time. Well, you do just do it. Seriously. I try to tell people all the time with meditation, like literally start with 30 seconds. I'm not even joking. Like start with the 30 seconds to a minute and you will feel just a little, like even just that little bit lighter and that little bit yeah. less, you know, anxious but, and everything. But yeah, get, convincing people is to do something different and new. It's a tough journey. It is. <laughs> it is. And Leah, do you think that sometimes people maybe subconsciously have the fear they don't want to see it? Because <laughs> if you slow down and you really look at your life, you know, when you start meditating... Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, I used to be someone that used the time excuse a lot. And, you know, I was, I have been very busy. Like I mentioned, I was working 50, 60 hours a week. I was in grad school. I, 
I've lived a life where I was actually very busy and I would tell myself, well, that's why I can't exercise. That's why I can't X, Y, Z. And then I realized that was just complete bullshit because did I have time to watch Netflix every night? Did I have time to sit on my phone on social media? So it's not time at all. Um, I think that it's no matter what we're talking about, we all have excuses that hold us back from making our lives better, you know, whatever that thing is that we yeah. want. And they feel so real, but it's just the mind trying to keep us comfortable and not changing things. Yes, yes. that's it. It's kind of playing into what I'm trying to keep as my like life mantra right now is like choose your hard, where it's like, it's hard to be stressed out and to feel like shit and to feel like you have no energy and no direction and whatever. And it's, it's hard to give up the things, the vices that you have, like watching Netflix and scrolling on your phone and looking at social media. That stuff is hard. It's hard to start meditating. It's hard to do something new. It's hard to do something scary that you don't know. Like, okay, this is going to change my life. Did you find in your own personal experience that there was like a fear of like what would happen? Like, what happens if I'm happier? What happens if I let go of this stress that I've been holding on to for so long? This is all I know. Like, do you did you find any kind of fear of releasing that at all? Yeah, so many different points in my journey. Um, and I think that for me, those that feeling is very like subconscious and not, it's not like the thought running in my mind is like, oh no, what if I become happier? Oh no, what if I, you know, what if I, you know, what it's, it's like, it's like very much underneath the surface and that's where the inner work comes in of really digging into, okay, what's the surface level fear, right? What's the surface? And that's usually the excuse. Well, I don't have time, you know, and it's like, okay, but what's underneath that, you know, or, oh, I don't have money to go on that retreat or, you know, do that thing. But what's underneath that? Like, what are you actually afraid of? Like, this is the self-sabotage conversation that really needs to happen more often because we don't realize it. And I, this has happened to me recently where I'm like, the surface level thing is, oh, I, I don't need that. Right. But then underneath, no, I'm just afraid of my next level. I'm just afraid of leaving my comfort zone and ha living a little bit differently and living a different life. What are people going to think? Are they going to judge? Whatever. But yeah, I, I am. I used to be a hundred percent in victim mode. And I now looking back can see where I wanted people to feel sorry for me. I, I really enjoyed the feeling of telling people my sad story or the way I grew up or what happened as a child and, and wanting them to feel sorry for me. And I didn't know that at the time, like I couldn't see that at the time. It's often like later on, we're like, Oh, that's what I was doing. But you're absolutely right. It's like holding on to whatever we're experiencing, even if it's uncomfortable, because it's, it's our, it feels safe, even if it's literally not safe. It's so spot on. Um, <laughs> it's like, I'm just sitting here uh -huh. like shaking my head, yeah. like my head's going to come off. I think that <laughs> a lot of people also get comfortable just complaining about their job, complaining about their spouse. I, you know, complaining about those two things specifically that I just want to be like, you know, maybe let's like not do that anymore. Like, get the fuck out of the situation. But there, yeah, or change your perspective on it. Or One change of, your like, perspective. Make a choice. Yeah. Yes, like is it exactly should you leave the situation or should you take a different look at the situation? But either way, leaving those two situations are the hardest things I think people can do. And so those are the two I think that people in my world I hear complain about the most. And it's just so hard to explain how you can have this other life. You mentioned self-sabotage. Can you dive into that for yes, us? Please. Because I think that's something that everybody's, all of our listeners and, and us included are familiar with that phrase and we kind of know what it means, but we think like, do I really like, I can't possibly. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Crush my own Crush my self. own self. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I also love that you mentioned that you're doing it now. So this idea that we keep going right on this journey is so important too that you can continue to, even though you've yeah. leveled up, you can continue to self-sabotage because you don't want to go any far, further. Right, right. So tell us all about why we do that and what it looks like and how to stop. Yeah. <laughs> Help us, Leah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, so, it's just so sneaky. Like it is, it's the mind 
trying to keep you in the comfort zone. In the book, I, I describe the comfort zone as a cage because it's literally a cage, right? And it's the mind is trying to keep you in that comfort zone with that shitty fucking fuck boy boyfriend in that job that you hate, right? Your, your mind is trying to keep you with what is normal for you. Um, so it has to be sneaky, right? Because it can't just tell us it, it, it just, it, it's just sneaky, right? So it's, it's excuses. Oh, well, like, will I find somebody better? Oh, everyone hates being single. Do I really want to be single? Oh, well, maybe he'll change if I do X, Y, Z, right? We just tell ourselves all these excuses, essentially. And we do the same with jobs. We do the same with everything in our lives. And we believe our own excuses because they sound real, because they're in our head. They sound real. They sound like us. So they must be real, right? Okay, one thing that I think is really helpful, not to like judge other people, but to notice, it's so easy to notice other people's excuses. Like it's so easy to see that friend be like, yeah, I'm in this shitty relationship, but, and you're like, wait, but those that's not true. None of that is true. It's very easy to see it in someone else. Very difficult to see it in ourselves. So I think this is where journaling for me has been the most life-changing thing. And I have a journal called Heal Your Shit Journal. So that's like, a step-by-step -step guide to doing all of these journaling exercises to get you out of that, um, out of all these patterns. But essentially journaling allows you to take a really hard look at your thoughts. So if I'm journaling about, let's say, let's say I have a desire to make more money, right? And on the conscious level, we always think we want more money. We always think we want all these wonderful things, but are we, do we actually want it more than we're afraid of it? Because I truly believe that the degree to which we don't have what we want is the degree to which we're afraid of it. So when you're journaling and you can just open up a blank journal and write down like, okay, here are the things that are going on in my mind. I can't have XYZ because of XYZ. I can't make more money because I don't have a degree in anything else or I don't have a degree or, you know, I can't start a business because I don't know how, right? All these different writing out these things that are going on in your mind, sometimes just looking at them is enough to be like, wait a minute, that's not true. It felt true when it was running around in my mind, but now that I'm looking at it on a piece of paper, I can recognize that that is not a fact. And that is such a powerful practice because otherwise we just run around believing everything in our mind, taking it as a fact, instead of really critically looking at it and saying, wait a minute, can I believe something else? You know, and, and even going further, digging into, okay, I keep saying I want a different job, but I keep staying in my job. What, what am I afraid of? What bad thing do I think might happen if I leave my job? What am I truly afraid of? And digging that out and being really honest with ourselves, you know, and in the journal, no one else has to see it. Like hopefully no one's going to see it. Right. Um, hopefully my husband doesn't read my journals that I just leave around the house all the time. I'm like, I don't think he would be reading that, but you never know. Um, but yeah, you're, you're, you are allowed to just be so deeply honest with yourself in journaling. It's really, really powerful. I like how you broke it down because people will say journal and yeah. then they're like, what the fuck? I don't even know. <laughs> like, okay. What is like, how does that help me? Yeah. Yeah. And no. I mean, I always say like, just start writing and and just keep writing and it'll come to you. It's a very subconscious thing too, especially when you're journaling like that. It like comes out and you don't know where that came from. I'm a, I'm terrible at it. I That is the one thing like Amy talks to me about journaling. I talk to her about meditation. We both need to get better at each of these things. <laughs> yeah, we both, we, we have our strengths. Yes, exactly. That is not mine. Um, but I can definitely see how that would help me a lot. And when you said like, the fear equation to mm -hmm. what we don't have I must be fucking terrified of having money <laughs> like terrified <laughs> terrified well but but we are though it doesn't it's okay so here's an example explain everyone that. on planet earth yeah everyone on planet earth right now if you said okay would you like the winning lottery ticket for the powerball or whatever everyone would say yeah give me the winning lottery ticket for the powerball would you like a raise sure give me a raise I'd love one thank you right um, same with, you know, someone like me or, or someone like you guys or anyone who is hoping to be a speaker and author, whatever wants to grow an audience. Oh, would you like a hundred thousand genuine real followers right now? Absolutely. Yes, but we don't, we don't actually want it. We're afraid of it. And 
that's why we don't have it yet, right? And so an example with the Powerball, with the lottery would be, um, it's literally something crazy. It's like 70% of people who hit the lottery big time end up at their exact same level of wealth very, very quickly. Yeah. There is a fear behind it. When you said, it was so funny when you said, would you like 100,000 genuine followers? I immediately in my brain, I was like, yeah. Uh, that and then, sparked more joy in me than the money. Yeah. I was like, yes, please. Yes. But then the yes. second I thought, yeah, I started thinking, oh my God, so many people are going to be judging us and saying shit and there's going to be all of this like backlash and like oh, whatever. And I, I was like, what? Is I'm happening? here for it. I can't wait for people to hate me. I love but, it. <laughs> but it was so crazy because that That's fear like Sarah. immediately yeah. kicked in. I was like, whoa, where did that come from? And I have to go back to that same thing that I forget to tell myself quite often, but I, when I remember, it helps me so much is to say, your thoughts are not facts. Your thoughts are not facts. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts are not yeah. facts. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same with money. Having, um, if, if I, for example, made a million dollars today, I would say, yeah, great. Bring it on. Right. But then would people be asking me for money? Wouldn't I feel bad for like people already reach out to me on Facebook and ask for money. Um, which, you know, it's fine. Ask for whatever you want, but I'm not, whatever. Anyways, like, would I feel the need to like, you know what I mean? There, there are, it's very similar. People judge people with a lot of money, right? People judge the fuck out of people who have a lot of money, a lot of luxury, a lot of followers, whatever it is. So I think it's all wrapped up in a similar fear, but it's also all just out of our comfort zone. It's not, nor it's not our normal. So our mind is going to try to keep it away from us. And if we were to win the lottery, the reason people lose the money so quickly, you know, why would you not hire a financial advisor immediately and like put money in accounts, right? On the conscious level, we all say, well, of course we would do that. The problem is people just aren't ready for it. And they really truly self-sabotage because they, it's so far out of the comfort zone. They don't want it on that, on that subconscious level. And that's what we're all doing in little in littler ways to keep ourselves from going to that next level and so getting really really honest with ourselves about those fears and just taking those next actions doing that next thing that scares you pushing like playing on the edge of your comfort zone constantly until you just learn to like not be so worried about whatever you're worried about so do you find that – because you said you started small. You started with five minutes of meditation in the morning and at night. So do you find that that would be the best way to go for people like us who are terrified of things and don't realize it? Like start with small things that take us out of the comfort zone? Absolutely. I think every day um, doing little things that are uncomfortable. Meditation is very, very, very uncomfortable in a society where we're taught to not look inward to to look to everyone else for answers to be distracted constantly with noise and screens and sound and people like we're just going inward and sitting by yourself in silence is just crazy to the average person in our society so we make excuses i don't have time i'll start monday blah 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 blah, blah. i don't need to i don't really need to i do this other thing whatever so yeah um I think that's essentially like what I have been, how I've been living my life. And it started when I worked in sales because it was so uncomfortable cold calling. Like I would just drive around all day and have to like go into businesses and like ask for the owner and then get rejected in front of people like all day long, every day or do it over the phone. And it was so uncomfortable. And I started to realize the more I did that though, the more I could be someone who lives outside of the comfort zone essentially is more confident. So yeah. Um, what it looks like now in my life is every day, what do I desire? What's that little inkling in my heart? What does it want? It could be something like just going to a different park for a walk. Okay. Like, but our mind, it once again, is just always going to try to pull us back from anything new. So it's just following those little desires and then following the bigger desires, noticing that there's fear, doing it anyways. Just a side note, um, because meditation is so hard for me, but I know in my heart that's the piece that's missing, the manifestation, the thinking about those sorts of things. I started doing meditations while I walk and they're guided. And I have to say, like for me, it just works because I'm moving still. 
and it quiets my mind and it, oh my gosh, so many things came to my head. I was like, oh my goodness. And I bet you like the more I do it, the more I'll even want to do meditation like sitting because you realize the power of your subconscious because the things that came to my brain and I even said it out like out loud in my mouth, I was like, whoa, that's how I feel. That's what I want. And so it's really an, it's an interesting process and it's not something that many people explore, including myself, because to be still in this society is thought of as, I don't know. I mean, busyness is like our drug, right? So it's the anti-busyness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Leah, I'm sure you can relate to this coming from a corporate world. And, you know, I did as well myself. We were praised for staying late at the office. We were praised for hustle. I had somebody that I worked with that lived on the same street as me, and he told my boss, I didn't. I saw Sarah coming home from work at eight o'clock last night. And my boss was like, "That's amazing!" and like emailed me and said like how proud she was of me for staying at the office so late and getting stuff done. And I remember thinking to myself, "What?" <laughs> It's like, no, I was so stressed out. And I came home to two kids who missed me so much. I missed dinner with my family. And that happened so much and so often. And I I hated it, but it was praised over and over and over again. And I was promoted and I was given raises and I was praised verbally in front of my peers. And it was just this, this total celebration of wearing yourself thin. And I remember sending out, I used to have to send out these motivational emails to everybody. And I remember in one of them, I included this like quote that said like, no matter what, get up, dress up and show up. And my boss was like, this is the best quote ever. Like no matter how you're feeling. And I look back on that and I'm like, what, who was I? I had that that in my bedroom. Yeah. That quote. Why? 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 I did. Like same. I mean, it was like this whole, it was hanging up in my office because it was like, no matter how you feel. And and now I look back on that. I'm like, that is the biggest load of bullshit. bullshit. And it's so toxic and it's so dangerous to your mental and physical health. I mean, I was going to, to work it's so It's a straight sick, scam. So sick. I would show up to work. I would p- take my poor, this is like heartbreaking, take my poor babies to, to daycare sick and, you know, and like wait for them to call me to tell me I had to come get them because I, I, I had to yeah. go to work. And it's like, you know, the things that, that we do in America, it's absolutely ridiculous and it unacceptable. Is, yeah, because it is very much a weak move by your peers and your bosses to take a day to be sick or your kids be sick or someone be sick. Have you seen, mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of seen and, and felt it. Have, have you felt the shift that's happening in the country where people are starting to realize they're calling it the great resignation that this is all bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, maybe I don't have to be on all the time yeah. and in hustle culture. Yeah, Amy, when you said busyness is the drug, is our drug, I was like, oh my God, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I relate to all of that so much. I used to be someone, I, I remember I had a five-year streak without taking a single sick day. Granted, oh. I was obviously sick in five years, right? Especially with the level of stress that I had, but that was a badge of honor. And one time yeah. I, um, I went water rafting, I like almost died. It was a whole thing. Um, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I did sprain my ankle and <laughs> I went to work the next day on crutches with a sprained ankle. I worked in a hospital. I've walked all around the hospital all day long. So I showed up with a sprained ankle and crutches and I was like really, really sick. Like I had a really bad cold and I'm, I'm like, this is just what you do. You just go anyway, you know? And um, it's, it's interesting. I don't know what to think because I'm so in this world now of flow and like just not needing to hustle and just like work, you know, the people that I surround myself with, whether or not they have corporate jobs are typically people that think the way that we do, right? So sometimes I think, yeah, this is totally happening. People are starting to realize people are talking about meditation more. People are, you know, doing all these things and breath work. And, but then sometimes I, I'm like, wait, am I just seeing 
the people that I follow on Instagram and this kind of bubble that I've created for myself. Like, but the great resignation definitely is it. There is something happening. And obviously with COVID it's no longer acceptable to just like to go to work sick, like is yeah. thank goodness now no longer a thing that we do. So I do think there's a shift happening, but sometimes I get confused because I'll talk to someone who talks about hustle as if it's like this badge of honor. I'm like, oh shoot, people still think that. I forgot. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You're like, ooh, yeah. ah. You don't really know what to say to them because yeah. you're just like, yeah, nothing. I'm like, like, are you okay? Oh. Are you okay? Like, can I can I explain a few things to you? So can you talk a little bit about breathwork since you you are probably the most expert breathwork person we've met and I find it fascinating um I've been wanting to read that book breathe yes me too the it's yellow my list the yellow like yes. cover right mm -hmm. yeah um oh my gosh so many things I want to say that book breath so one time when I did think things are changing was when I saw that in an airport front and center when you walked by one of those I was like whoa and then I saw it again when I was, I did like a, I went, I'd hosted a retreat in Sedona, Arizona, and I spent a few days in a Airbnb by myself after, and that book was in the Airbnb, so I read it then. Um, that's like a little more, you know, obviously Sedona has, everyone's yeah. doing breath work there, so it yeah. was normal there. But, um, but yeah, so for people who have trouble meditating, breath work is so, so, so helpful because um, and so what I typically do is, is in my daily morning practice of breath work is I do breath work exercises followed by meditation. And this might take a 10 minute, like it's not necessarily forever time. It could be 10 minutes, but breath work shuts off the default mode network part of the brain, which is the chatterbox, the overthinking that just won't ever shut up. And so for people that really struggle with, um, meditation, it's really, really great to do breath work exercises before meditation because it shuts that part of the brain off. And breath works like an active meditation for people who don't know anything about it. Basically the term breath work just means it's just breathing exercises. It's breathing in a specific pattern. And so sitting there totally still trying to meditate, it's almost like you're trying to do nothing, which is, is the most challenging thing to do <laughs> in a society where busyness is our drug. So breath work, you're doing a specific breathing pattern. You're doing something. There's movement involved. That's a lot easier than just trying to do nothing. So it's really, really powerful for that reason. That's really why I became a breathwork facilitator was because I had so many people reaching out to me saying, I can't meditate. What do I do? And I was like, well, this is what you do to guide you into that place of then, then being able to have that peace and calm, it really grounds you and increases focus and concentration, not just during the session, but you know, it's, it's doing it regularly boosts your, your concentration, your focus, your memory, all of these things, um, just like meditation does as well. So it's really been a part of my life that's helped me to become yeah, just more calm, more at ease, less reactive to the random shit that happens in everyday life. And, and that's, I think that's the medicine the world needs. I like that less reactive. Less, I know that's like, oh, we need a shot in the arm of mm -hmm. that across the country, sure <laughs> across the world yes. for sure. Yes. <laughs> Why is it not a thing where the president would say, okay, we're just all going to do breath work now. Let's all take yes. a deep breath. <laughs> Collectively, as let's all in through the nose, out through the mouth. <laughs> How does a beginner begin with breath work? Yeah, I mean, I think that the best thing to do is to watch videos or to go to classes okay. or workshops. Um, that's kind of like how you'll learn how to do it. And so, you know, you can go on YouTube and find breathwork videos. You can go to yoga studios um, and go to breathwork classes. I have the Breath Portal, which is an online library of videos. Um, so, I mean, that's, yeah, that for me was a couple years of doing videos before doing it on my own. And now I just kind of do it on my own. But if I want to do a really deep one, so like there's so many different kinds of breath work, right? And like in my daily practice, I'm doing like energy boosting breath work sessions um, that are quite short, but there's conscious connected breath work, which is you're lying down. It's like a whole journey. It actually 
alters the consciousness and it's, it's a little bit trippy and you could have like a crazy experience and it's really, really healing and, and helps to release trauma and emotions that we store in the body when we don't feel our feelings because feeling feelings is for the weak. So we just shove them inside of our bodies and create illness out of them. But that kind, I mean, I still prefer to go to a workshop for that or do an online workshop of someone else hosting it. Um, it's just one of those things where for me, it's easier to have for one, the accountability, someone kind of forcing me to do it. And then also just having that like guided, like, you know, cause you want to do it for a certain period of time and it does alter your consciousness. So it's helpful to have like that guidance. There's something magical about being in a room with other people with the same goal, with the same breath happening at the same time. There's like this, like you said, trippy thing that happens where we're all having these experiences that are so healing and there's just a beautiful energy in that that you can't get by yourself. But again, by yourself is is still amazing and you can still have excellent experiences, beautiful revelations, but the the magic of the group and is is something that you just can't replicate. Tell us where you find your breath portal. That's I can't wait to dive into that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on my website, leahparty.com. Um, yeah, it's it's basically a giant online library of breathwork and meditation videos. Everything from like, I do a lot of like 10 minute videos, you know, short things that you can do in the morning and, and throughout the day. Um, and there's also a lot of workshops that are 60 minutes or so. I do um, a monthly breathe and flow workshop, which is intuitive dance and body movement combined with breath work. So those are all in there. And then you can also come to live workshops through being a member. So yeah, it's just like always growing and being uploaded new things to it. That's wonderful. What a great resource. Yeah. Let's switch gears a little bit. One of the things we wanted to talk about is social media and the detox that we all need. <laughs> I think that it, it's not even switching gears. I feel like this is right along in alignment is. with because self-sabotage and <laughs> with needing to like... Social media is another drug, right? Yes, exactly. It totally is. And it's like your body does it before your mind allows it to do it. Uh, it's so bizarre. Like I'll like be like, how the fuck did I get on my phone? Right. You just pick up your phone and Holy open shit. It. Like why am I here? Yeah. I did not even want to be here. <laughs> And then I'll be like, only one more, only one more. And then 30 minutes later, it was a million more. And I mean, it is, it's very hard. Um, I believe that if we didn't have our podcast, I would just get the fuck off completely. Um, so how, help. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's almost like, okay, it's like busyness is the drug. Social media is part of that busyness. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's part of what keeps our minds so wrapped up in anything but the present moment, you know? And, um, yeah, the, the present moment living for me is like one of my biggest values is living in the here and now and really being present. And that's the reason that I started implementing boundaries with social media because, um, it was just taking me away and like, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to get on my phone to text someone. And next thing you know, I put my phone down. Oh my God, I didn't even text that person. I, yes. How did I get on Instagram? Yep. It's a drug. It's literally addictive. I, I don't know if you guys um, know about this, this part of it, but with TikTok, the reason that it's so addictive is they actually borrowed the addiction technology or whatever you want to call it from slot machines. And so <gasps> slot machines are very addictive because of the times when you're losing. That makes your brain look for that next shot of dopamine from winning. So apparently TikTok shows you videos that they know you're not going to like because then your brain is that just that much more looking for the next hit of dopamine. <laughs> I wish okay. you guys could see their faces right now. now oh, you can't see me, but I just did the emoji mind fucking blown God. because I have been trying to understand what is going on with TikTok in my brain. And... Mm -hmm. I got full body chills because my brain was like, click, ding, I understand. Holy, Holy shit. Wow. Okay. Well, shit. <laughs> well, <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> I got duped. And I assume maybe reels. Like, I, I assume Instagram is doing the same thing with reels. Reels like, is I don't the know, same but... thing. Yeah. 
So it's, oh my it's God. That's why we like day. reels and TikTok almost, I do at least. It's, it's, it's more like Instagram, I can just stop swiping up. But reels mm-hmm. and um, TikTok, I can't. Oh my God. Yeah. It's bad. And you think about the children who are being raised with this. Oh, drug. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and what do you do? I mean, do you take, do you not give your kid a foot? Do you make them be the only child that doesn't have these things? I mean, what do you do? I really have no idea. But um, as an adult who has really gone on a mission to be present and intentional, I've decided to put boundaries in place because, you know, like I do social media for a living is what a lot of what I do. So at night, I don't want to be on my phone. I want to be present. I want to be with my husband eating dinner, like not on my phone. It may be watching Netflix, but not on my phone and yeah. Netflix. Yeah. So after five o'clock, I never on my phone. Now there is occasions where I am, but as a, as a general rule, like I put my phone away at 5 p.m. It's not something I look at first thing in the morning for the first hour or two. And I'm rarely on my phone on the weekends, like rarely on social media on the weekends. Because those are the times when I really want to be present in in my life and not just with this constant distraction like this. Because when I'm not on my phones, like on a Saturday, when I'm not on my social media at all, I don't feel that pull to like grab my phone. And so it's kind of established this thing where I'm just not doing that. And so I really, it's been really, really, really nice. But um yeah, I just, I don't want to do the whole pick up my phone 3 million times a day thing. As far as um, with kids, I think that's a really hard call. Um, as I do with everything in my parenting, it's just like honesty to a fault almost. And we'll, I'll look at her and I'll be like, are you in the TikTok trance? And she's like, yup. And she'll throw her phone. And then like, she'll do the same thing to me if like I get like that. And like, then we'll go do something else. Um because if you just like don't acknowledge it or you just like don't let them have it I feel like that's also like the same thing as like sex doesn't exist you know right exactly (laughs) so yeah yeah I mean it's not going anywhere and there's some cool shit on there that you know is fun to see and new perspectives and stuff that's like you know not censored so we're learning about the world and all these other things but we just we make a joke of it I'm like oh tiktok trance (laughs) She does it to me too. It's so, and it's so true. And then once somebody says that, I can totally put it down. It's almost like a trance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's finding that self-awareness. Like, holy shit. And knowing these things helps a lot too. So thank you, Leah, for like educating us on that. Because once you know the science behind it too, and if you watch The Social Dilemma and knowing those behind the scenes things that they're trying to do to us, Sometimes that helps me snap out of it. I mean, it's not always front of mind, but if I realize I've been on it for a while, I'm like, they're doing this to me. Like they want me to be on here. And I'm very, very aware of the change in ads. If I've searched something online Mm -hmm. and I'm looking and it's, it's kind of crazy. I was watching Hulu last night and I realized that all of my ads have shifted because I looked up continuing my education. And so now I'm getting all of these ads for colleges (laughs) on my Hulu even like so all of my they're all watching they're They're all listening but knowing that having that consciousness is is definitely helpful so I will remember that when I'm next time I'm on reels because I don't really use TikTok but next time I'm on reels I'll be like no it's the slot machine effect (laughs) yeah yeah. So true. So how do we break that? For me, okay, so a couple of things that I've done that have been really helpful. I have like an old school phone holder, like cell phone holder from back in the day. I mean, I ordered on Amazon, you know, but it's in my kitchen. So that's where my phone like lives. So that way, like, so my husband and I are generally watching TV at night in our basement. I don't bring the phone down there. I, it's just, it's just been a way for me to train my mind that like my phone, it doesn't need to be attached to my hip and in my hand. It like lives on its holder. That's funny. My one, my best friend and I get like real deep into all of this stuff, you know, like, like we are. And, um, at one point she bought like a home phone and she was like, I am getting rid of my cell phone and everyone's going to call me my home phone. And like, but yeah, so I, um, so I have the phone holder. And then when I was trying to implement the boundaries and just when I was trying to train myself not to pick my phone up all day long, I had a sticky note on the back of my phone that said, what is my intention? 
And so that helped me when I picked it up and looked at the note, I said, okay, yeah, am I going on? Do I need to text someone? Do I just want to check something on social media? Like that's okay, but at least I'm aware. Do I want to post something or am I just uncomfortable right now? Am I just searching for that hit? In that case, I'm going to put my phone back down. So just like little things to help me train my brain just to break this habit. Essentially, it's been really, really helpful for me. And um, it's really powerful to put the phone away and sit in the feelings of feel, feeling that like desire to look at the phone. Like what even is that? Just looking at that and feeling it and letting it go. Uh, yeah, it's really powerful. For me, that goes right along with the self-sabotage because I will pick up my phone and knowingly say in my head, you should be writing right now. Mm. You can insert whatever it is that that's my thing. Like if I want to be a writer, I need to be writing every day. You know, so if that's my path of things that I need to do to direct myself to my goals. So you can insert whatever that is for you there. You know, I should be blank. But I don't do it because I that's that whole failure that I run through the list of the things that could potentially go right or wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I by doing that exercise. There's just so many good things though on the phone. So it's about <laughs> no, listen. It's about deciding like where you go. So what I've done is I pay I put like my book that I'm listening to front and center. So if I pick it up to like scroll something, I'm like, nope, we're just going to listen to this. And I push play and I'm listening to that, you know, in my earbuds or whatever while I'm doing things or podcasts or whatever. Um, and, you know, my my notes are in there and then the walking meditation. So it's hard and that takes a lot more discipline to make that choice instead of like putting it away, having it there, but not using it for the purposes of the slot machine. <laughs> <laughs> She's crying. Oh my God. Do you think solitaire has the same addictive thing? It's what I do in, instead of scrolling if I'm uncomfortable somewhere. That's I'm my own late. made up, like, this is better than that. <laughs> like, at least it's not cocaine. <laughs> But is it cocaine? I'm just going to say that. It's solitaire, it people. Is. It's been around forever. <laughs> so is cocaine. Oh, oh point, Sarah. Points. You win. Oh. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's, it's hard. It's crazy, though, because it's all just ways that we distract ourselves from the present moment. It's all us looking for anything to take us away from here and now. Because we've almost become, not almost, we as a society have become uncomfortable with just being ourselves in our bodies, living in the moment. And we just look for anything to pull us out of that, really. It's so true. It makes me sad. I, uh, I, yeah. I And I, I'm saying that as a person who is uncomfortable being myself in the here and now. I am sad about that. Like, that's why. Why can't I just be happy with who I am, where I am? And what's happening and it's it's a hard it's a hard realization and a hard thing to come to and something I'm going to have to journal about <laughs> to see if I can figure it out oh well, I, think that, I think that anybody can become comfortable with just being it's just not our norm so once again it goes back to that comfort zone it's not our norm so our mind is going to look for anything to take us back to our norm which is busyness you know, and doing and doing and doing and being productive, even if it's not, even if it's not productive in terms of like, we're cleaning our house or something, but like watching a show or reading or like all these things are just, it's all busyness. So we're just not comfortable being still and being, I, I wrote about this in my book, but I think you guys will relate to this too. I um, went on vacation when I was in the corporate world and I came back and I was telling my coworker, like, yeah, like I like can't relax on the beach, even just being on the beach. So I can't do it. I need to be busy and productive. And he was like, yep, same here. And we literally, you guys thought that we were like, this conversation was us feeling superior to other people because only lazy people can relax on vacation. We are busy people. We're hustlers. We're always that was the conversation that was the and that is that's what it is that addiction to busyness and it's uncomfortable 
to not be busy. Ma'am. <sighs> yeah. Can you kind of give like a quick explanation? And I'm sure that, you know, most of our listeners know what this is, but just in case of manifestation, kind of what it is, how to do it and why it can be beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. So many things to say about this as well, but manifestation really just means pulling things from your mind, your desires from your mind into reality. And when we typically talk about manifestation, what we're really talking about is usually the law of attraction, which is like attracts like, the universal law. And there's a whole lot of science behind it to explain how this all works and, and um, like quantum physics. It, I've tried to read like these books on quantum physics, by the way, I've like had the law of attraction and I'm just like, this is insane. It's really interesting though, but when we think a thought, our body matches the thought with a feeling, creates a feeling that matches it in the body. And from there, we take actions. So when we're changing the way we think, we're changing our perspective, we're changing our beliefs about ourselves, about what's possible for us, about what life gets to be. When we change those thoughts, we change those feelings in our body, we then change our actions. And so, yeah, manifestation is just a, um, a term that we use when we're talking about shifting our mindset to create what we want. And it's a belief system that thoughts become things and the way we think about ourselves becomes is the way we see ourselves and then results in our actions. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, man, I feel like this is another thing where it's become more commonplace, not necessarily the woo woo part, maybe not the law of attraction even, but like people, I think a lot are a lot more open to acknowledging that. Yes, the way we think does change our lives. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's this belief that, we are really, we have a lot of control. We have a lot of power and more power than we like to believe because we just want to self-sabotage and stay comfortable. But if we can believe in something greater for ourselves, if, if we can believe, like, let's take the, the idea that marriage has to be hard and let's shift it and say, you know what? Marriage actually can be really great. Maybe I don't have to be annoyed at every single thing my spouse says or does. Shifting and shifting and shifting, changing our actions and our feelings that's going to change the way we see the world and the results that we get. Leah, like, let's, let me just tell you something. I have been, I mean, I read The Secret like way back in the day. I have always wanted to be able to manifest things, but I couldn't figure out how to actually do that and like why. And I think I needed to know how it worked. And you just shifting a couple of words and how you explained that changed my whole view on how this works when, because I've heard and I've been told, you know, our thoughts become a thing, you know, that's like the, the thing I thought becomes a thing. And so, yeah, I know that, but how, how does the thought become a thing? How does that actually equate to something? But you even saying like, we think something that creates a feeling mm -hmm. inside of us yes. and that feeling inside of us causes us to take an action. Holy shit. That, that was the missing piece. That was the missing piece. I needed to hear that. Thank you for explaining that that way. Like, I hope that that helps our listeners too. And wow, maybe I'm just like completely behind the times and totally like daft, but like I did not ever think of it like that. I didn't know the actual like train of the way that that went, the connection, the links. Right. Well, I'm so glad. And it's, it's also for people that do need a little bit more of that scientific evidence, this is all just like, it's, it's. It's just the way that our chemical um, like reactions in the brain occur. So it's a very real thing. It's very much rooted in science. It's very much like, you know, neuropeptides when our when our thoughts turn into matter, essentially. Um, so there's there's so much research around that. I could possibly become better at explaining all the sciencey stuff, but yeah, it's just been so evident in my life, the way that I have decided to think about things when I've changed my perspective, when I said, I'm going to, you know what? No, I'm no longer living by this rule that I created that now I see is not a fact. Things do shift. The actions that we take do shift. We might say, but I don't know how, how is this going to happen? How is it going to happen? When you change the way you think and that changes the way you feel, that action that you've been subconsciously blocking yourself from you start to take those actions. You start to see the doors opening all around you and the, the possibilities. 
This is a question that I, that just kind of came to me. So <laughs> after talking about all of this stuff and kind of your self journey, how did you, and maybe this can, cause this kind of ties in with our episodes we've had recently. How did you not fall into like a cult? Because people going down this path more and more, especially like, you know, I'm sure this happened over time, but I'm noticing it more now tend to fall into a place, a community, you know, that believes all the things that we're talking about, but are it's very dangerous. They take it to the level of abuse. Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. I've never been asked this before. Um, I don't believe I've ever been presented with a cult, although that could be, that could be wrong, but I don't think I've ever like had the opportunity to join a cult, honestly. But what I, what really I feel like saying right now is there's a lot of um, spiritual teachers are just teaching things that have been around for thousands of years, right? Whether that comes from, from like Buddhism or Christianity or just like a lot of these ancient teachings, they've been around. Like we're not really saying anything new, but when we say it through our own perspective, when I, when I talk about my own life experiences and say it in my own way, often it's the way that someone else needed to hear it that would cause them to have that shift, right? So, um, I think that a true spiritual teacher, like spirituality to me is guidance from within. So a true spiritual teacher who's rooted in integrity and love would be teaching you that the answers are within and a coach or someone who's teaching you that they have the answers. I mean, that's almost kind of like religion, which some religions are like cults. I mean, obviously some religions are cults, um, where it's, we have the answers. You don't really trust yourself. Like these are the rules to follow. You don't have the answers. So come to me. I have the answers here. They are. Whereas what I hope that I'm teaching is you have the answers and you always have had them. They are all inside of you all the time. You have the connection to the divine, to all the intelligence you could ever need, to all the love you could ever want inside of you right now. All I aim to do is help you to let go of all the other layers and bullshit that you've accumulated over time that have told you anything else. It's wow. all always, always within us. That's an amazing answer. Can I become a part of the Leah Party cult? I'm just kidding. There's, <laughs> there's no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do fantasize about a commune not like based uh, in any teachings but I just so want my friends to live in a community with yes. me and like be my yes. neighbors we talk about this all the time can we just buy like some huge house or like a couple of houses right on the same street but like nobody else around we can grow yes. our own food and like just live off the grid kind of. my big thing is like I don't want to have you know like the sexual part of polygamy but like can someone just take care of dinner that's not me like can, oh, can that wives put just dinners <laughs> it is really upsetting though because like all of these things have been taken to a place that like now there's like bad connotation to it right so a commune you immediately think like oh god they're a cult or you think bad things but this idea of living in community we desire community and so it's so important to have it. And it's just a shame that there's people who have totally twisted that and distorted that and used people and caused so much pain when they're just healed, trying to yeah. heal. Yeah. I hope that that mm -hmm. question didn't seem out of left field. I mean, it was, but, um, because we do have, I mean, our listeners and ourselves actually have, have, been in vulnerable places where we have been looking for answers. We've been looking for community and um, have found it in the wrong places. And so I'm glad to know that there are people, there are people out there, guys, warriors that are listening. And there, there and are there, good people out there teaching good things. Yeah. Um, you can find they're telling you to go within yourself. Yes, you yes. have the answers. They're just giving you tools. Once again, it's all within you the love that you crave, the acceptance, when you want validation, you don't, validation can't come from other people because you ever been validated and then just question, oh, well, did they really mean that? Oh, well, yeah, they were just trying to be nice. If not, nothing that we want can actually even be satisfying when it's from the outside world, success or whatever, abundance. It's all just created from within and, you can tap into that anytime. 
And the tools and resources that we talked about in this podcast are really just there to help you undo all the other stuff. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for joining us and sharing some of your expertise and ideas and tools. That's one of the things that Sarah and I love to do is give all the tools because everybody's different and what works for some doesn't work for others. And so the more we share, the more the likelihood that somebody's going to find something that fits. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Can you tell everybody where they can find you? Yes. I'm on Instagram at it's Leah Party. LeahParty.com is my website. Bare Naked Soul is my podcast. My book is on Amazon, Confessions of an Uncaged Soul. But you can basically type my name in anywhere and find something. <laughs> and it's um, P-A-R-D-E-E. And we will also link all of that in the show notes. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us, Leah. Thanks, guys. This episode was brought to you by Amy Baumgartner and Sarah Simone. The theme song and our other music is provided by Epidemic Sound. This episode was mixed, mastered, and produced by Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this, consider supporting us on patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapistsinc. If you have a mental health journey you'd like to share, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com or you can reach out on our website, www.unqualifiedtherapists.com. Until next time, warrior, hold on. We're going to make it. Say it now, say it proud, shout it out, make it where we go. Where we go. Where we go.